Welcome to another episode of Simply Sales Marketing. Today we have an extremely special guest with us, Morgan J. Ingram of JB Sales. Morgan is empowering the sales professional of the future. He's host of the One Up Formula podcast. He's a three-time LinkedIn top sales voice. He is a sales coach and he's been named yeah, LinkedIn top sales voice three times. He's big on personal branding. The crazy thing is, is that he never wanted to do this in the first place. Morgan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Excited to be on the show. Welcome. Clearly well, a very busy man as well. <laughs> I dabble. <laughs> Great. Before we start asking you questions about what got you into sales, I was lucky enough to be on a JB Sales mock cold call with Morgan and some of the team back in January. have to say, using some of his sales tips for cold calling has really helped me and some of my team. Morgan, tell us what got you into sales. Yeah, so as most people, you, you, you fall into it. I originally wanted to get into marketing. So I applied for a lot of marketing jobs and uh, did not get any of those. Uh, it's funny. You apply for an entry-level marketing job and they tell you you need 20 years of experience. That doesn't pay up. That doesn't make any sense, right? So um, so as I got rejected, I was trying to figure out a way to get into some type of role that allowed me to learn more about marketing. And so I started interviewing for sales roles, got rejected by a lot of those too. Uh, and then I eventually just took a step down and was like, let me go interview for an SDR role, which I had no idea what the concept of that was at the time to be transparent. And yeah. then once I realized, I was like, oh, okay, like the SDR role is a way for me to understand how to sell, but also I can learn more about marketing. So that's what I ended up doing. I went into I went to a company called Terminus. I cold called the VP of sales. And then from there, I took that role because they were reaching out to marketers so I could learn more about marketing. And eventually, I wanted to go into marketing. Uh, but obviously, from my career path, as you've seen, I stayed in sales, ended up training people in sales. So uh, yeah, I just continuously just stayed in it. So that's uh, that's how it came to be. Fascinating. And I like that you say there that, you know, you wanted to get into marketing and going into sales, you learn a lot more about marketing. I could say that I sort of have been on that same journey as what you have. So what got you from sort of being an SDR to becoming a sales coach? Yeah, so it all started with my YouTube channel called the SDR Chronicles. I was doing the YouTube channel from the fourth month I was in SDR all the way to when I left uh, my company to go join John Bears, which you just mentioned. So that's what got me into coaching as I did more videos while I was in SDR training and coaching people on how to be better SDRs. A lot of companies reached out to me to do Q&As and talk to their team. And at the time, that was a that was a foreign concept to me to go in and speak to teams on how to prospect because I was still in the role training on people training people how to prospect it was it was a wild concept so that uh for me just like opened up a lot of doors and you know really allowed me to ex to expand on what i was doing and that was really good yeah fantastic and i have to say i've used a lot of your tactics as i was saying not just in cold calling but also in video because video is still a really underutilized sort of medium for selling so this sort of brings us into, you know, the future of sales. What do you think is going to have the biggest impact? We see prospecting has to be multi-channel. TikTok, you're, you're a TikToker, you're an Instagrammer. We, we've heard a lot about sales moving into that pitching, using TikTok, making videos. How do you think, or what other things do you think is going to have the biggest impact on sales for the future? 
hard, hard to tell. I don't have the, I don't have the crystal ball, y'all. So I, <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know what they're gonna come out with next. TikTok came out of nowhere, right? So uh-huh. uh, what I would say though is it's it's not that I'm a this. There's a point to this. It's not to say that I'm an Instagrammer or a LinkedIner. I don't even know if that's even the right term, so we just made it up. Um, a t- TikToker, <laughs> a, a, a Pinteraster. I don't even know if that's right, so I'm making these things up, so you're welcome. But the thing is, is that like, I, that's not how you should identify yourself. I identify myself as a content creator. So whatever channel comes out that has attention, I'm going to go there. I'm not a YouTuber. Da, da, da. I'm a I'm a person who's going to find the attention and create content and if the audience is there i will live there that's just point blank period that's why i'm on linkedin if yeah. the audience wasn't on linkedin i probably wouldn't be there that's just the way that it is so just like a basketball player doesn't say i only play in the gyms if you could play basketball you'll go on the blacktop you'll play an outdoor you'll go play wherever the basketball is at right someone's yeah. backyard so you know someone's a driveway you play basketball you'll play anywhere so my point is is that if you're a seller you're going to sell to whatever channel has the most attention. If video is getting attention, you should probably learn how to do that. LinkedIn, based on data, it had a high increase that a lot of people were there. You probably should learn how to have conversations on LinkedIn and prospect people and get meetings. These are things that you have to think about across the board. So what would I say is the future of where all these things are going? The future is wherever the attention is. And once you find where that attention is, that's where you need to focus your energy. Awesome. And I've got a sort of a, another quick question stemming from that. You said you never wanted to be a content creator. You are so successful on LinkedIn, on TikTok, on Instagram. What would you say to any salespeople that are listening, thinking about becoming a content creator? They might be scared. What message would you give to them? So it's interesting when people say they're afraid of creating content, but they're in sales. Sales is like a very <laughs> like intimidating profession, right? Especially if you're starting out, you got to cold call people, people that don't know you. I don't know about y'all, but that seems pretty, seems pretty scary to me if you've never done it before, right? You're yeah. be like, I don't want to do this, right? So that's, that's, <laughs> that's difficult. So let's like take a step back, right? So the way that I see this is building your brand and creating content is about access. And let me explain that. Because I've created a lot of content in the past six years, I have access to certain people that most people don't. That And it doesn't inherently have to do anything with my skills of selling. It doesn't yeah. have anything to do with that. It's just that I'm visible and people know who I am. So there are certain people that you might want to get in front of that I can get in front of faster than you. Not I'm, That's not to say like I'm above people. I'm just saying, and you all probably experience the same thing. You have a podcast. You can get people on this podcast that you wouldn't typically be able to talk to because you have a podcast. Yeah. Otherwise, what, what would you want? What would you say? Hey, let's talk for 30 minutes. I don't want to do that. But if you yeah. say, hey, <laughs> bring me. Hey, we want you on this podcast to talk about these things. I'm more likely going to want to do that. That's why having a podcast is, is basically free consulting. It's a hack in itself. But most people don't think of it that way. But that, that's what a podcast is. It allows you to build a relationship that you typically wouldn't be able to do. And you have an excuse to do it because you're creating content that that person can leverage. Right. So it's a benefit for them and for you as a party. So my whole point with this is that like, if you're afraid of doing that, that's completely fine. But I want you to change your perspective and I want you to change your thinking. Creating content gives you access to people that you typically wouldn't be able to get in front of, even if you are an amazing seller. And, and the more access you have to certain individuals, the more access you're going to have to things and information that you don't necessarily have. The, if, you, if you have access to somebody that knows uh, you know, any body like a cuban for example right uh-huh. that's a that's a huge massive value add an hour conversation with cuban could change your entire life 
yet people get there because they created the content to even have the conversation in the first place. But you may not get to that conversation if you are the number one sales rep. You, you may never have access to that person. I'm not saying that wouldn't happen. I'm just saying it's easier when you're creating this content. So I, I think about the long game in that perspective. Like no matter what happens at the end of the day, I can always have job security because I have a brand and I can go find a job very, very quickly if all else failed and the world just burns. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really good way of putting it. I think when I come across certain salespeople, there is a fear of perhaps how they might be perceived. Sometimes their company is restrictive in the content that they can create, or simply they feel that they have to be inauthentic. And being a content creator, you're being your authentic self. You don't have to be a really good writer to put together good content, right? No, you don't have to be. So there's three versions of creating content. So there's written, audio, and a video. So if you're not good at video, then you can go write. If you're not good at writing, then you can do video and vice versa. So there's a lot of avenues to create this content, but you don't have to just create a video and don't get stuck when you see people creating videos and you're like, oh man, I wish I was doing that. Completely fine. There's other avenues for that as well. Yeah. Um, and quick one. So you focus on the content, which makes perfect sense. Do you tailor that? Do you then tailor that per channel or do you start with a channel and think, you know, what can I create for, for this medium? That's a great question. Each channel definitely has its own story, right? You're not going to be able to do a long form text post and, and put it on TikTok, right? There's, <laughs> it's a different game. So you have to make sure that you understand what the narrative and the story and the tone of that of what that channel is so you can articulate your message in a certain way. So you have, you know, the Instagram, you have the LinkedIn's, the Twitters of the world. They're all so different. They also can be leveraged to be put on other channels as well. You just have to understand the story. So Instagram has its reels, right? So you want to you wanna make sure you can get some short form going on there. They're really prioritizing video right now. LinkedIn, they do, they're starting to prioritize video, but they still love that long form content. Yeah. You, just have to, you just have to know what the audience wants to absorb and then create your content in a way that, again, that they will like it, they'll want to know more about it and start asking you questions, which is the key. Yeah. And we, so the podcast originally started to talking about the alignment of sales and marketing. And I think, you know, you're that perfect example of that, you know, as, as Charlotte said, I mean, you market yourself better than most marketers do for their company, you know, and that's that crossover, the brand. How do you think, you know, a lot of companies that have different functions, how do you think we can better align sales and marketing? Yeah, the grand debate, <laughs> the ongoing fight forever. Uh, <laughs> I, there's been so many answers on this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it very like pointed. I, I feel like ultimately at the end of the day, it's uh, two things: one, expectations and communication. That's where most fights and conflicts happen in the world. That's how most things start. That's how conflicts start. Their expectations weren't set up correctly, and there wasn't good communication. Whether that's under communication or over communication. So my point is, is that because those things aren't happening, right, because those things aren't occurring in the way that they need to, ultimately what ends up happening at the end of the day is these fights happen between sales and marketing. Marketing mm -hmm. sometimes mm -hmm. is not revenue focused, so sales is angry. Marketing is lead focused, so they're like, we have 5,000 leads. This is, what you're, this is what they're compensated on. So it's, it's very hard to get mad at marketing when they're compensated on leads. Sales is obviously always going to be compensated on revenue, but you see how those two can conflict. I gave you 10,000 leads, but that doesn't really matter. 9,000 of those could be absolutely garbage and not be relevant for a salesperson. 
And a salesperson is trying to figure out how can I get more active selling time and sell it to the things that matter. And then again, you see the scenario where that's not happening. So because of these things that I'm mentioning to you right now, that's what leads to the conflict. So you'll actually notice in most, well, you'll actually notice in some organizations that the conflict doesn't occur. And then the question you have to ask yourself is, why doesn't that occur? Well, the reason it doesn't occur is because the marketers are revenue focused. If the marketers are revenue focused, then you don't have these conflicts. So not it's not all on marketing, but again, if they're lead focused, you're going to have conflicts within sales. If they're revenue focused, you won't have these conflicts and you're going to have better conversations and more collaboration. But these are just things to keep in mind. Yeah. Shared goals and objectives. Absolutely. That's the key. And, and that's why that conflict continuously happens. Switching back to sales now, we talk about so many good things that are happening in sales and where the future lies and it being multi-channel. What do you think Morgan should stop in sales tomorrow if it was down to you? Everything. No. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So what should stop you? Y'all, this is this is a 30-minute answer. <laughs> <laughs> Take this it away. A, this is another episode. I don't even know if I can even get everything in. So but here, here's like the cornerstone, right? This is what people have to understand. And this is what people on LinkedIn fail to understand as well. Uh, because it's easy to blame a salesperson. Yet most people will never be able to experience even a salesperson's life in a year. They just wouldn't be able to do it. Period. They wouldn't be able to make it happen. They wouldn't. Yeah. It's too much stress, too much going on. They 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 would not be able to do it. So let's talk about it in a different way. Let's let's talk about this. What needs to stop is saying that we're being relevant and personalized when our emails don't even show that. What we need to what salespeople need to stop doing is sending out emails that they actually delete themselves in their own inbox. I want to say that again because some people miss that. Yep. <laughs> sending out sending out the same emails that you delete in your own inbox. <laughs> I want everyone to think about how crazy that is. Yeah. You look at your inbox every single day and you're like, oh, this email sucks. You delete it. But then you go inside of your whatever outreach sales left, whatever you use, Groove, they're all out there. And then you send out the same message that you just deleted. Tell me how that makes any sense. It doesn't. The logic is not there. So my point is, is that what needs to stop is being robots. And not actually thinking yeah. about what you're sending to the other person. Because the same thing you're sending is what you're deleting. So how does that make sense for the sales profession? And how does that make us look good? That's great advice. I mean, I, I hold my hand up. I, I've definitely done some of that myself. Um, I mean, I've done it too. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying, hey, dude, like, I'm, I'm not speaking from like the, the pulpit here. I'm speaking in the crowd. I'm yelling at y'all. Like, okay, yeah. let's stop. You talk, I mean, you said at the beginning that you actually looked to get into marketing at the beginning. I didn't know that. That That's really interesting. So you've told us what you want to stop about sales and, you know, building your personal brand. Where do you see the future of sales going? That's, a, that's an extremely broad question. Like, future of sales isn't like, how do I see sellers interacting? How do I see the technology plan? Like, what, what part of sales? I guess we'll, well, I'd follow a question on that. Um, well, I guess any, any that, the, you know, you think is interesting. I mean, we could talk about the tech side of things all day, but it's probably not quite as interesting as in, um, you know, the, how it's going to evolve as a discipline. Again, these are the, the future questions are always extremely hard to answer because if I gave my answer in 2019, when I gave it, I didn't know that COVID was happening. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to, I didn't know it was going to come around. 
right? I didn't know we would be in the situation we're in today. I didn't know that it still is here. <laughs> like we still have it, right? It's not it's, people think it's gone. Like, yeah. no, it's still here, right? We're still in it. So I didn't know that was going to happen. And that fundamentally changed the entire way that people sell. People aren't going in person anymore. Uh, big deals are getting closed via Zoom, which that people thought that would never happen. Yeah. People don't travel right to events anymore to sell. Right, they hop on phone calls now. So I, I wouldn't have been able to even answer that question because something unprecedented happened, and who knows, something else unprecedented could happen. What I will say is, the future of sales is going to be more and more technology and AI will be implemented into the ecosystem. And yeah. you and the job and the job of the person is going to be how can I leverage this e well not ecosystem how can I leverage the AI. How can I leverage the technology to be more proficient as a sales rep, which will then allow that person to not focus on all the other factors of like, let's say, research and like things that take a while that allows for the seller to be more human and allows for them to interact more in the sales cycle. So I think the future of sales is going to be it's going to be more technology, more AI, but it will actually allow us to be more human because we'll have a lot of the information there already provided for us, which will allow us to focus on the actual sell itself instead of the other factors that de basically derail a seller from their active selling time. We're um, we're going to take a snippet of that and we're going to replay that in three years' time just, just to check to see what's happening. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll, we'll see. That could be completely wrong. We'll see what happens. Let's see what happens. 2038, I think I read um, in Tech Powered Sales that you know the, the bots, when they can start to mimic human emotions, that's when we're in sort of a very different territory. So I 2038? Think... Okay, so we yeah, got time. Yeah, we got time. We got time. We got time. Fantastic. Morgan, is there any other burning topic that, that you want to talk on that we haven't covered today? I'm going to flip the question. I'm going to ask you all, what is a burning question that you've always wanted to ask me? Wow, that's great. Oh my goodness, how long have we got? <laughs> the question is out there. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I, I, I want to make it worthwhile. <laughs> I would say, obviously, you know, I've learned a lot from knowing you on LinkedIn and, you know, with everything from the JB team and the sales coaching they provide is absolutely amazing. Everything that you recommend, tactics, you know, actually do work with the sales process. And it's definitely helped me and some of the team that I work with to be more human in our outreach. What would you say, I guess, for, for marketing people that, that are listening, what message would you, would you give them as a sales coach? Hmm. I'm not trying to roast marketing, so I feel like <laughs> needles. Uh, there's, there's that's a lot of another episode altogether. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to go there. Uh, so, what, so what I'm going to, I'll give you one piece of advice. I think this is very, it's very tangible and practical. I would go to your sales team and have a stand up meeting and say, hey, we want to be able to provide the best marketing resources for you and be an ally in your selling. We know that it's difficult. We know that it's hard. Please acknowledge that and don't say, oh, it's easy because it's not. Once you acknowledge that, people are going to be more accepting of you as a marketer. Then the follow-up question you need to ask, because this every salesperson deals with this, say, hey, what are some objections that you're facing right now that are like massive hurdles and blocks for you? They're going to give you those answers. So then what are you going to do then? Then once they give you those answers, you're going to say, hey, we're going to write some blogs and some articles and get some case studies for you to address those objection handling scenarios. That Fantastic. way, now now you can, as a marketer, you are providing tangible resources 
that will help your team close more deals, which is what marketing's help there to do is help the sales team close more deals through air cover and visibility. So now if you're working on those things, the market, the market, not marketing team, the sales team will love you a lot. So that's what I would say there. Awesome. Um, and so my one is, is kind of question stroke comment, which is, you know, you talk as a sales professional, but everything, everything that we've talked about and everything that I've seen and things you do is a crossover. You talk about branding, you talk about marketing a lot. Do you see yourself as a salesperson as sales stroke marketer or some other variation? Oh, man. So this is a good question. I've contemplated this multiple times. And obviously, I, I, I know how to prospect. I understand the fundamentals of selling. I truly believe like at the heart of hearts, though, if you looked at how I've done my career, I feel like at heart, I'm just truly a marketer. I really, I just what I really feel. I mean, again, I know how, I know how to do the selling portion. I obviously train and coach, so like, <laughs> like obviously yeah. there, like I'm not coaching marketing, but but I just truly love the essence of what marketing is, and I would yeah. definitely say that I would lean more towards marketing if I had to pick, right? But a lot of people might be like, oh, I don't believe that. It's fine. It's just my my in, intuition feeling. However, I would have to say ultimately. I'm a, I'm a true hybrid. Like I understand how marketing works and I also understand how to sell things. So I'm, I'm that true hybrid who understands both of them because I just did a lot of studying on marketing and things of nature because I really wanted to be in it. At the same time though, I learned the skills of how to sell and prospect and get in front of people. Yeah. Um, I think, and you said it there, you know, the that hybrid option, which I think is a whole nother podcast and, you know, can people be both and is it a revenue okay. role, which is rare, but, you know, from everything I've seen, I, I think you are and you, you cross both so well. So, uh, well done. Yeah, you truly are inspirational, Morgan, and it's been so great to have you on the show as one of our first guests. Is there anything that you want to plug before we jump off? Uh, where can people find you? You obviously have your podcast. Do you want anything else that you want to tell us? Yeah, so find me on LinkedIn, Morgan J. Ingram, also on Instagram as well. It's the same thing, Morgan J. Ingram, TikTok, it's all the same. Uh, so definitely check that out. Uh, season two of the One Up Four podcast will be coming out here shortly this month, and we're in the month of May right now. So uh, that should be coming out soon. Uh, that's all I really have. I appreciate y'all bringing me on and, and asking great questions. Yeah, thank you. And I just want to quickly plug your your uh, playlist on Spotify, which is awesome. <laughs> thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And also your videos on Instagram and LinkedIn are top notch. So recommend people go, go and look for Morgan on thank Instagram. Thank you. They're fun, yeah. they're, fun to, they're fun to make. Awesome. <laughs> thank you, Morgan. <laughs> thank you all. Take Thanks. care. Bye.